a mother warthog must defend her piglets against all odds. Her virtue is courage. All right. Welcome back to Operation Warthog. Today is going to be a solo episode because Bryce is incompetent. So we're going to start off with a quote. The price of greatness is responsibility. Winston Churchill. So hypothetically, if anybody listening to this decides to start a podcast with their friend and you tell your friend on a Monday that you'll record the podcast at 4.30 and then you text them at 4.28 and you say you can't do the podcast, which is fine. And then the next day, so Tuesday, you tell them that you can record at 7 for sure. And then it gets to like 6.45 and you cancel again. That's not very responsible. So again, Winston Churchill said the price of greatness is responsibility. This is not a shot at anybody. That's just a hypothetical for all of our listeners. Okay. Um, so we're bringing on a guest today. <laughs> and it's my dad. He's going to tell stories from when he was a kid and all kinds of other stuff. And all kinds of shit that he got himself into. Um, but first, I'm going to tell a couple of things that happened to me this week. So this is a segment that we're going to call Nick's an Awkward Dumbass. Um, so here's the first thing. Uh, I was So I've been staying at my friend's house on and off right now because I'm back and forth to Columbus. And I was leaving their house one morning. And they were gone already. So they asked me to lock their door from the inside. And I texted them back and I said, you can't lock a door from the inside and still leave. And they said, yes, you can. And I said, no, you can't. And then they said, just open it and then lock the door handle and then walk out. And I was like, oh, so yeah, I'm a dumbass. And if anybody saw my tweet, that's what that was about. Man, a couple other things that happened to me this week. Uh, <laughs> I was working at, uh, the vegetable stand across the street that my family runs and some guy that I know not super well, but like enough that like, I know him when I see him, he walked up and he said, Hey, how's it going, bud? And I responded, thanks. So that happened also. And to round out me being awkward, I saw a girl that I know from high school at Planet Fitness, who is relatively attractive, and I couldn't put a sentence together. So that's that's me. <laughs> Anybody that knows me, those all make sense. A um, couple more things that I have this week. This is going to be really short, my part, I promise. Nobody wants to just hear from me. Um, I'm making a promise to the podcast that I'm going to quit biting my nails because I bit my left thumbnail so far down that I'm in severe pain, a little worried it's going to get infected. So if anybody from now on sees me biting my nails, you have uh, free reign to smack the shit out of me. And then for the future, because Bryce will be back next week, um, we want people to keep sending in ideas. If you like the draft thing we've been doing, keep sending, sending in ideas for that. I mean, we still have like a big list of things we want to do, but we want to do things that people actually want to hear. So just send it to us. There's no bad ideas. Last last thing before I bring my dad on. Um, me and Bryce have talked about potentially reading a book called Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. 
Um, I could probably do an hour-long podcast about that book. I think it's one of the best, best books I ever read. So if you want to enjoy that podcast, you should all go read that because it's the greatest thing ever, I promise. Okay, I think that's all I have from the week. So yeah, Bryce is incompetent and I'm an awkward dumbass. All right, we're going to take a break and bring on Chris. All right, um, so my dad's on the podcast now. He's going to tell a few stories. He's going to start um, with something that plays off of our draft last week. So go ahead. All right, this is kind of for Bryce. Um, I think you had it, Bryce, until the horse, which was your first pick. So when you went to the horse, that, that was bad news. But I've got a couple good ones. Um, one, I'll start back from when I was around 10. And I don't even remember if it was a billy goat or a ram, but we had this little chihuahua called Honey Pup. And anybody knows chihuahuas, they, they know they bark like crazy and drive everybody nuts. But I used to take it for walks back along a trail um, along people's backyards, and they always had this ram tied up in their backyard. Well, the dog would bark at the ram, and this ram would jump around and try to break loose from chain or rope or whatever. You know, I always thought it was funny. Well, one time the dog was going crazy at it and this thing was was going nuts and it broke the chain. So at 10 years old, we were having a race through the woods. The dog's still barking at the ram. The ram's chasing me because I'm the slowest one. The dog was a little faster and nails me in the back and throws me about 15 feet in the air. Well, luckily the dog came to my rescue because I don't know what would have happened if he would have realized I couldn't get up, but the dog started barking at it again and it chased the dog through the woods and pretty much saved my life. But I just wanted to add that one would have been my dangerous animal. So my, my BS meter on the Billy Hut story is like a six. No, that's a true one. <laughs> Go ahead. That's true. That's not BS. I mean, I probably still have marks in my back to prove it. But uh, <laughs> the second, <laughs> I'm not sure I believe that one. Um, I believe that you think it happened. How about that? It happened. I believe that you think it happened. Um, I think once you pass the age of 50, your dreams when you were a kid and the things that actually happened when you were a kid start to blur together. Um, I'm gonna jump on your list. My dad has a list of like notes in front of him that he wants to talk about. I got another with the cow. <laughs> well, we'll come back to the cow. I want to hear about this. Is the one I want to hear about. You tell that one. So in the first one, you sounded like a victim that almost got killed by a billy goat. Now I want, now I want to show your violent side. Well, first of all, we grew up on a cement on Cement Street, and you learned to fight on Cement Street. You had to survive. It's not like you guys. You were you were eight when this story happened. This one was not. You were thirty. There was a reason we didn't. You guys don't even go out and play outside anymore. We had. I mean, okay. So we were at a wedding, my best friend's wedding. Okay. So I want to say a wedding. So he wasn't like ten years old on Cement Street. He was probably what thirty. Yeah, probably. Okay. But it all leads from the Cement Street growing up. So everybody's in there. It's the night before the wedding and. There's about a group of guys my age, and then there's a group of guys a couple years younger. Um, and we're in the hotel room, and people are talking smack and whatever through sports from back and whatever. Well, 
all of a sudden a lamp goes flying through the air the stuff gets thrown around the whole the whole bedroom or the whole hotel room is demolished so everybody's wrestling and fighting and i had my buddy and i don't even know what kind of move it was it wasn't a mma mover it wasn't big time wrestling but i had him in a headlock and his body was wrapped around in his knees and we were right in the hall hallway leading out of the hotel room and i just kept pushing my feet against the wall and his back was up against the other side of the wall oh you're good keep talking i thought you were going to take this thing out of my hand again and tell my story for me but anyhow (laughs) i'm sorry there you go keep going okay so the guy getting married, his dad, when he said something, everybody listened. Well, he busts through the door because he could hear the commotion. So, I, I mean, Nick likes hearing this one. But when I stopped, I didn't even realize they had pushed this kid through the wall. His body was inside the wall, and I was still holding on to him. But it, he just thinks that's my violence. I was just trying to protect myself. Okay, so that's a really nice way of saying that you form tackled a guy through a wall. Um Okay, do you have a, so you want to go back to the cow now? Yeah, that's another dangerous okay. animal. All right. Bryce did mention a cow, by the way, so we'll give props to Bryce. Let's, I don't know if I know this one. Uh, this is a good one. And when Bryce said cow, I was like, yes. So this was about five years ago. We hunt in a property down south, 25 acres. There's an adjacent 25 acres with a fence around it. Well, this guy was raising some cows in there at the time, and we have to walk and go across the fence. You know, and of course we have permission to hunt there. So there's these cows that are in this pasture every time you go up this big hill and down the hill to hunt. And I'm always talking to the cows because I'm the one that always had to walk to the other side of the property to hunt. I come out at dark, you know, the cows never bother me. So I take a different buddy down there and we go across the fence this one night. And I tell them, hey, when we come out, don't worry about these cows. They're pretty well tame. You know, they, they look at you, they they move, whatever, no problems. So we get to the top of the hill, and they all walk over because they're, like, curious. And I'm going to show them how you can talk to these cows, and they kind of understand you and blah, blah, blah. So I shine my flashlight in one of them's eyes, and they're about 10 feet from me. And, man, that was a mistake. So... If you can picture this, we've got hunting boots on, hunting pants, a heavy coat, backpack, our bows, and these things decided to go nuts and start chasing us down the hill. But, I mean, snot flying, and I'm telling you, we were running, there was two or three of them, and you could feel the ground shaking the whole way down, and the only way we got away is we went flying through all the briars into this wood, got all cut up in this woods, and had to stand behind a tree and the cow couldn't figure out how to get around the tree to get to us. So we stood there for a half hour, and they would not leave, and they were snorting and pounding the ground. We had to kind of sneak on our hands and knees out the backside of the woods to get away from these things. So those two would have won me this contest, Bryce. There's no doubt about it. I don't, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know about that. But that's, that's an interesting story. Um, I, what else do I want to hear about? Do you want to talk about that? All right. That's got another story. And then actually, (laughs) I'm going to add in a couple, a couple stories you might not love, but those are going to come later. Oh, great. All right. Oh, wait, sorry. Also, me and him are passing a microphone back and forth. So if it kind of sounds bad sometimes, sorry about that. 
Okay, a couple of them when I was younger. Um, like I say, growing up on Cement Street, there was a group of kids, maybe four to five years older. I think they are all either in jail or dead now. Um, they weren't the they. They were they were pretty good guys to us most of the time, but for the most part they weren't. Just this is a good example of how they treated the younger ones. I got a nice blue bike one time for Easter, I think something. I don't know. I was so proud of it while riding around. Well, they all decided, okay, little Chrissy got a bike. They're gonna make me jump off a cliff with it. So I either had a choice: ride my bike, brand new blue bike, off this cliff, or get beat up by a bunch of the bullies in the neighborhood. So at that time, I'm just a little pipsqueak. You know, I didn't grow to be like a gentle giant like Nick when he was 10 years old. I was just a little skinny kid that could run fast to survive there. But so I jumped off this cliff with my bike and, you know, and you can picture what happened. My feet came off the pedals and I came down on the crossbar. So Nick's actually lucky he's even here today after that one. But so we had that go on. And then a few years later, this guy would park his long camper next to the wildlife building on cement street so it was there was snow on the ground and there was snow on this camper and all the kids were taking turns climbing up to the top of this big building we'd run down the roof of the building and jump you know across about a five foot gap onto this camper slide all the way down the camper get down the ladder on the other side there was about six or seven of us doing that well I had to be, you know, the cool one. So I take this long jump and my leg went right through the top of the camper all the way up to my hip. So it, I was obviously stuck. And, you know, I had some great buddies. They all took off running because they didn't want to get in trouble. So I was stuck for a good hour with this thing cutting into my leg and couldn't get any help. But, of course, one of them went and told my dad, which was another mistake. But... So he went and got the owner. They came back and, you know, obviously back then you were allowed to crack your kids. And I took a beating when I got home. So that's a great segue into tell the this story here about grandpa. <laughs> I want to hear that one. I this isn't this isn't a good memory for me, but geez. <laughs> I was I don't know what we were. I had syrup on a plate or something when I was probably 12 or whatever. Well, I decided to lick the syrup on the plate, and he was sitting next to me. And Nick loves this one, but if I would have done it to him, he would have called every police in the country. Those, those stories are coming next. <laughs> so so I'm licking this plate. It's good. You know, I'm trying to clean my plate. I'm doing a good job licking the syrup off the plate, and my dad just smacked me in the back of the head and knocked my front tooth out. And... My mom was going nuts. There's blood and nobody could find the tooth. Well, here the tooth must have hit off the plate and I caught it in my hand. I had it in my hand the whole time. But yeah, that that was one of the more violent ones. But like I said, it was tough because growing up and that one more good story was <laughs> we were on the bus and these kids kept picking on my sister. <laughs> they were calling her all kinds of names and stuff. And, you know, I, she was probably tougher than me at the time. Like I said, I was 4'11", 91 pounds when I was 14, but I grew up here, so I learned how to scrap a little bit. Well, there you go. This this microphone, where's my headset? I should you get a good set of headset. Talk into to... the front of it and then a little bit off to the side. Oh, yeah, a little bit off to the side, a little bit on the front. Okay. 
So anyhow, I had finally had enough, and I turned around and I popped this kid in the nose. And then, you know, we're on the bus. All this goes on. Well, the bus driver told me I would have done the same thing, but I got to turn you in, Chris. So, of course, I'm in the principal's office the next day, and I've got to get the crack because back then they were allowed to hit you with this big old whistling board. And my buddies were watching me outside the window, and they were all laughing at me. So I'm laughing when he when the principal cracked me, and he then he thought I was just laughing at him. So I wasn't really ready for it. Then he drilled me a second time, but that one hurt. I couldn't, everything I had to keep the tears. But the end of this story is my dad took me, he called the kid that I punched, and his buddy who had been picking on my sister and picking on me, told him to get down to the park now and he drugged me down there took me up to these two kids and said you're fighting them both at the same time you guys want to do this you end it now I don't want to hear another word about this and so I'm shaking about peeing my pants because he's going to make me fight these two older kids at the same time luckily the one kid's nose was still crooked and all bloodied up and it, and he didn't want to fight so I got lucky that night but that's kind of where my dad was <laughs> All right, so that's a redeeming story for you after the one that I told before. Um, now I want to talk about, do you remember? Oh, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Give me a second. Do you remember? So, no. <laughs> so I, I was pretty good basketball player in like eighth grade because, do you know where I'm going? I was a pretty good basketball player in like eighth grade because I was like 5'10 and I didn't really need to shoot outside. <laughs> Do you know where this is going yet? <laughs> I didn't really need to shoot outside uh, very much, so I would just get layups and score like 20 a game. Well, <laughs> after one game, we won by probably 40 against Huron and I get home and dad's yelling at me because I didn't shoot any jump shots. And then I talked back. Do you remember this? I talked back. I said something smart. And you chased me up the stairs. And I ran up the stairs. I was on one side of the couch. You were on the other side of the couch. Anytime you moved, I moved away from you until you got tired. Yeah, that's the difference. On Cement Street, he would have fought. But in this world, he ran. Um, oh, I had another one. Do you, do you have anything else you want to go to? Because if not... I have another story that I want to call out as BS whenever we're done here. They're not. They're not. All right, because the one that I'm, the one where you got your nose caught on the rim. Tell oh, that one. Go ahead. That's a real story. I don't know. I got the scar to prove it. I got roommates. Okay, we're at B. First, my senior year of baseball, I got hit in the face with a pitch. You know, half my nose is everywhere on the ground. So broken nose, whatever, got that all fixed. Go to Bowling Green my freshman year, and me and my roommate are out playing on the outdoor courts, um, going up and down the court. Well, I went up, and I dunked a ball, and the co- rims were a little short probably. Okay. Maybe nine, nine foot, 11 inches. <laughs> that, was my, my that was my only point, is it's got to be nine feet. There's no way your nose gets caught on the rim it if it was 10 feet. Oh, let me finish the story. You, got, you don't listen to the story. You always cut me off. So... I had blood coming again. I thought, oh, the ball came through the net, hit me in the nose, broke my nose. So I thought, well, so I'm pinching my nose like everybody does when you get hit in the nose and it's bleeding. We went into the 
one of the dorms was about probably 200 yards away. We walked in there, me and my roommate, and we said, let's look at it. So we're in the mirror. I went to take my hand off my nose, and my nose went with my fingers. So if you can picture that, it was still attached, but it was stuck to my finger. With So this is kind of a gross story. but So my roommate's sitting there about passing out when he saw it. And I'm like, you got to get me somewhere to get help. But we're like a half a mile from our dorm. We walked there to play and we're a half a mile from the student health center. So we went to the, we decided, I said, let's go. We got to go somewhere quick. Cause I have blood pouring off my elbow all the way across campus, freaking everybody out because it was a hot day. You know, we didn't have a shirt, sweaty, blah, 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 blah. So I got to the health center and they thought it was a gunshot wound. Cause there was so much blood everywhere. So they coded whatever, got everybody there helping me, gave me some water, gave me whatever, cleaned me up, shipped me over to the uh, plastic surgeon because there was nothing they could do there. And the guy hands me these orange things, and he didn't speak any English. So I'm like, what are these for? And and the nurse is like, you're going to need them. And I'm like, well, what am I going to need these for? You're going to need them. Well, he proceeded to put 12 shots up into my face. 69 stitches later he sewed my nose on but nick for some reason doesn't believe it but the s hook was broke off the rim hanging on the bottom of the net and that's what caught my bottom of my nose and ripped straight up through okay that's different then i thought it was like the hooks on the rim well it was the hook but it was broke off on the bottom of the net that seems like it doesn't make any sense but it does i'll believe you um you got anything else? No, I see one more. You already covered that one? That was when I beat up the paper boy and her mom. No, <laughs> you can't say it like that. Just tell the story. Well, how many of you people live by anybody called the Slee Stacks? This, I mean, there were three guys across the street from me that the police had their house surrounded because they were shooting each other in the house. So that, these stories are real. But no, the, the paper boy was picking on me. He was three years older than me. Well, we ended up getting a fight, and I actually won, and I pushed him up against our garage door, and back then you had handles you had to turn, and it went right in his back, knocked the wind out of him, made a big bruise, might have broke a rib. Well, he went home and told his mom that somebody else did it who was much older than him because he was afraid to tell his parents that a, a littler, three-year younger kid did it, and they got all the way to getting lawyers to sue this kid before the you know. The guy told him the truth that it wasn't wasn't the actual paper boy that did it to him. So, but there's all kinds of those stories on Cement Street that Nick never believes. I believe it. I believe I'm like eighty five percent most of the time, and then I think you embellish fifteen percent, and that's fine. I ran my head through a brick wall. Go ahead. You got another one. Yeah. You can keep them coming. We're only at twenty four minutes. Yeah, we used to have an ice skating little ice skating rink, and we would skate and jump barrels and everything else well i told you the kids were about four years old or some of them that bullied us well i didn't know how to keep my mouth shut very good then either so i said something to him and he got me in a headlock and rammed my head right through a cinder block wall so yeah yeah it hurt nick (laughs) i'm not gonna do that to you when we're off this show but my dad came down and told him though if you ever touch him again you know there was a few bleeped out words you're not allowed to hear, but you know, one other good story is I live next to a kid, him and his brother, and anybody from our area will know who this guy. He's been in and out of prison. You know, he always protected me because he was a little bit older. You're good. 
but he was a crazy. So my dad, we had a, about a 20 yard brick building in the backyard that needed to be torn down. So my dad was calling him names, everything else, challenging him. And this kid tore down the brick building with a sledgehammer. And I can just remember my dad sending me out with a gallon of water and he would walk out and call the kid a few choice names, tell him he's a sissy and he would keep pounding. His hands were bleeding. He had blisters. Well, this guy, his younger brother forged a check one day and their dad sent the older one out hunting for the younger one. And it was the most eerie sound I've ever heard in our neighborhood when he found his younger brother. It just the screaming and everybody was on their porches like, what in the heck is he doing to this poor kid? Well, when I saw him coming across the baseball diamond, he had the kid in his left hand off the ground by the hair and just cold clocking him. Every time the kid would scream, he'd punch him again. But he carried him like that probably 100 yards off the ground. So this guy was a beast. I mean, a freak athlete, crazy, and probably very little brain cells to go with it. And thank God he never listens to this because I do see him every now and then. But I'd, he was one of the guys you didn't mess with on that street. Just just a little crazy. Um, so I have two I want to finish with, but if you have anything to go first. No, I have nothing else. I'm are you not, sure? No, I'm not telling anymore. Well, one of these that I'm going to tell. I'll save someone when you guys need me back because everybody wants to hear this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if, <coughs> sorry. If you didn't hear that, he said he's saving some for when we want him back. <laughs> um, so I've got one story that's... <laughs> another angry dad moment and another story that's a good moment for you from cement street i'm telling you it caused a temper i know i'm i'm it's it's all over it doesn't matter so i was probably way older than you would think i was probably 13 and i was a big 13 year old and dad was talking on the phone and i didn't realize he was talking on the phone and he picks me up by my Celtic sweatshirt, puts me up against the door. So from the front of my sweatshirt, picks me up, puts me up against the door, and said, don't you ever do that again, and then put rude. me back down. Did you ever do it again? No, I didn't do it again, so there. it worked. Problem solved. Um, and then the last one I'll let you tell, and you can make yourself sound as heroic as you want. Um, when With the umpire, the umpire story when I was a kid. <laughs> Go ahead man you were this is a good one for bryce because it involved his dad um i think you were 10 or 9 you were pitching in the 10 through 12 league and the umpire i can't give his name no but you can make fun of him a little bit he he's not around anymore you know he's a little out of shape big guy he was always dramatic with everything and theatrical not around as in he passed away or not around as in he's not in the area no he left the area okay he left the area i just wanted to clear that up all right so you can make fun of him i don't know if he's alive or not though but probably wasn't but so he's whatever you know and he he doesn't call time one time and he he either turned around to do something because he was always he wasn't doing very good job at what he was doing but let me sorry i'll cut in he gave me the like an umpire points at you when you're ready to pitch. He pointed at me, got in a stance, and then I started to throw, and then he got out of his stance and started to turn away. Sorry, continue. And Nick pitched. 
So you know how that turned out. Well, this guy was like yelling at Nick then. Well, I hit him in the balls. You didn't know that part? Uh, I hit him right in the balls. But anyway. I didn't know we were allowed to say that. But yeah. So he freaks out on Nick, and Nick's standing out there crying. So (laughs) on the mound, like I said, Nick, I needed Nick to grow up on Cement Street. It was a tough cry, I promise. Very tough cry. Yeah. So tough or not. But so he was all scared because he was a year younger and it was like a championship game. It was on Cement Street, actually, at the fields over there. So I don't know. I kind of lit into the ump, went out to make sure Nick was all right. I had the ball in my hand and I kind of just threw it behind me towards home plate. And lo and behold, here comes Bryce's dad walked right and he took the brunt of that. (laughs) He was standing there. I don't remember it like that. I thought you turned and threw the ball at the umpire. Throw the ball at the ump. I wouldn't have done that. I kind of threw it behind my back towards him, but but it hit him. You hit him with the ball. I don't remember hitting. (laughs) I think I hit Brent. Okay. All right. That might have happened. Um, Do you want to end on that, or do you have anything else? (laughs) Whatever else you need to make fun of. That's good. Most of these were good. Saved my younger son from falling down the stairs. Oh yeah. Tell that. That's an athletic story. That's your best story. Tell that. Tell that. That's an athletic story. Jake was in diapers at the... You got to describe what our house looks okay, like. Okay, we've got a loft, so you can stand down in the kitchen and you can look up and there's railing. It's probably 14 steps up and it's an open loft. Well, Jake was up there and he probably was one or two. He was two probably because he was just starting to walk. Well, probably we put Nick in charge of watching him up there for a few minutes. That's not true. Uh, we can add that. And all of a sudden he's standing on the edge of the, and I'm actually, I was up there, but I was on the other side of the loft, which is all, you know, rails. So there's stairs. So you're walking up the stairs. If you look to the right, it's down in like our dining room area up to the left is like a railing up where the loft is. So my dad's standing up to the left over in the loft, Jake's at the very tip top of the stairs. Is yeah, that right? One, one step. One step down. One step, and he rolls his little fat, chunky baby butt all the way down the stairs. He probably gets seriously hurt, but I, from the other side, jumped over the railing, landed on about the sixth step down as he was falling face first, and his head fell right into my hand before he fell down the stairs. So I was a good dad. Don't let Nick lie to you. <laughs> What a hero. All right. Uh, we're going to end on that. Um, we may just move forward without Bryce. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the reviews look like for this episode. Um, but thank you for listening. I sleep in caves where